I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. <sighs> so how are you in the 30 minutes that we've been apart? <laughs> <laughs> Very drastically different um 30 minutes older 30 minutes slightly more tired yeah yeah no not very exciting um (laughs) you I did realize how much of a lightweight I am because I was like in the 30 minutes apart I like did some cooking because as you know I'm cooking for the whole house now and I was just like creating a marinade for some chicken and I was like, ooh, I'm actually pretty buzzed off of one mimosa. It was like, a big mimosa. It was it was massive. <laughs> but it's not even noon for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're wild. I was like, I... Actually, I don't have that much to do today. However, I do need to do a lot of editing today because I feel like we've been really on it with recording because we've been so like excited to talk about the books that we've been reading. But I've fallen behind with editing, so I'm going to just power edit so many episodes today. <laughs> Working so hard. Are you drinking another mimosa? <laughs> I'm already here. I love the commitment. Thank you. Anyways, what are you drinking? (laughs) Coffee now. (laughs) I mean, I do have coffee too. It's just on the side. (laughs) Honestly, ideal breakfast combo. A mimosa and a coffee. Um, Yeah, I mean, do you have a reason for drinking? Because I guess we didn't really talk about a reason other than like the year in the previous episode. So, oh, no, not really. I guess um, we have recruitment right now for next summer jobs. Why are you drinking your second massive most of the day? Um, I am drinking because I finished my first final. Oh, the yeah. The first one that I've done in like, six years or something ridiculous seven years oh my god how was it it was so stressful and I don't think I did well (laughs) well no I think I did okay um I just 
Well, first of all, one thing that fucking annoyed me is, I guess, with the website that we were using for the exam, because it was an English exam. So it was all like, you have to write a paragraph about this. You have to write a paragraph about this. You have to write an essay about this. And they gave you like a word count, right? They were like, the paragraphs have to be between 150 to 200 words. The essay has to be between 500 and 700 words. And I shit you not, there was no word counter on this website and I asked my exam like supervisor because we just had like a chat box on one side of the screen and I was like hey is there like any way that I can keep track of like my word count because I have no idea um and so like I gave him permission to use my mouse and like look and he was like nope and I was like cool 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 (laughs) so so like a large portion of my essay was just me like counting words and like making sure I was meeting the word count as opposed to like the like actual content of the essay or the paragraphs themselves. And because I was so preoccupied with that, like halfway through my exam, I kind of realized that I was doing my essay like not correctly because I misread the instructions. And then I like read like wrote my whole outline and then I counted the words and I was like okay I'm at this many words and then I went back to the page that like describes the essay and I was like oh so that's not really what I'm supposed to be doing so I had to like edit it really aggressively count the words again and like it was just making you count the words is insane unless it like I could understand if it was like just a hundred words maybe, but it was like, I I was counting 550 words, just being like one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't. And like, after, after like 300, you lose track. You're like, was that 300 or was that 400? I don't know. I'm going to go with 300 because just in case. So yeah, that was like a little bit of an issue, but as long as I got 50%, I will pass the course. (laughs) Like, if I get less than 50% on the final exam, then I will not pass the course. Um, but I don't, I don't think I did that bad. I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably going to get like 75% on the final, which is basically, it's fine. Especially for your first one back in like seven years. Yeah. It was really scary. And like, because of the podcast obviously we read a lot of books at once and I just like took the exam on my bed because I don't have like an office or anything like that I'm not going to take it in the living room because I have roommates so I was like oh I'll just take the exam on my bed and he was like oh I want to see like your workspace and then I realized just how like sus it was that there are just books all over my bedroom (laughs) which like are not related to my English course at all it's all like Sarah J Mass. Taylor Jenkins read a bunch of like notebooks for like the podcast or just like my journaling and stuff like that but they were just everywhere and I was like he's gonna ask me to remove the books and he did anyways oh I saw you I don't know what you were doing but I saw an Instagram post where you were third place for something (laughs) oh yeah I went uh go-karting oh awesome it was, it was so fun. I love go-karting. I haven't been in so long. Is it? I've never been. I haven't been since like high school or even elementary school, probably. Like early high school, late elementary. I won. I was first really? place when I went. 
Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, they go so fast. We got like the ones that go 75K. <laughs> Literally in these tiny carts, just like flooring it. Yeah, see, mine were probably for children. I don't think we went that fast. But who knows? Man, maybe I'm going to go go-karting soon. You should. It was honestly a great day. Um. Anyways, so this episode, we are going to be talking about Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, we've already read one of her books before. We read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo which we really, really enjoyed. Do you have anything spoiler-free that you want to say about this book? Actually, yes. So there's a few things. Apparently, this book is... Apparently, this book is based on Fleetwood Mac, which I thought was interesting. Um, Basically, the story is about a rock band in the 70s um and it reads like a really big interview which is like a documentary that's kind of how I like a documentary about a band yeah when you like cut to each of the people and they're like talking about it but like the scene is playing out in the background as you like narrate it I don't think I've ever read a book like this like where it's just one big interview Mm -mm. so it it's a very interesting format yeah, I personally, I really liked the way it was written. However, it did take me like a while to get used to. Like, I feel like the first little bit of the book, I was kind of like really focused on like who the characters were and like kind of trying to keep track of everyone and what they're doing. Um, and I feel like I, I made a note because I feel like I felt that way with the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo a little bit where like the style of writing was kind of confusing for me at first but then as soon as I was into it like I was super invested in both books yeah I feel like I was a bit surprised when I started this book because it felt exactly the same as Evelyn Hugo to me Mm -hmm. and just like because it's not a series or anything, I was expecting something slightly different from the author. So I think that threw me off a little bit in the beginning where I was like, oh, is this just the same book and like a slightly different vibe? So I was a bit hesitant starting this. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. However, Taylor Jenkins Reid <laughs> proved me wrong. Yeah, see, I feel like I started this book and I was like immediately a little bit into it. Also, I feel like I picked up on the Fleetwood Mac vibes. I, d- I definitely don't know enough about Fleetwood Mac that I would pick up on the vibes unless there was like explicit song lyrics in there. I can see kind of the links a little bit and just like the way that Daisy Jones is described with like the tambourine and like the bangles and like 
the crazy hair and stuff like that and like the raspy voice like I could see that being Stevie Nicks I love Stevie Nicks so that's also probably why I picked up on it because I was like oh this sounds like Stevie Nicks a little bit (laughs) yeah um you know I guess like the only really spoiler free thing that I have to say is that like I mean obviously the story kind of follows um a band through their like journey um in like both becoming a band and then like what it was like touring and then you know all of the other little you know side romance that come from being side romances that come from being on tour and stuff like that and um it was super cool and super interesting to I really liked this book personally I did too I didn't think I would. I I thought I would like it. I didn't think I would love it as much as I did. Yeah, I, I honestly don't have much to say that isn't directly going to spoil parts <laughs> of the book. Um, I guess so. we should do like um, spicy rating and cry rating because we decided that we were going to do those things I'm not sure if we explicitly said that in the last episode we've already been doing spicy rating for like a little bit we haven't done cry rating yet and then obviously our regular just ratings but what do you think for spicy zero I give it like a one does anything happen well like there is like sex in the book like characters do hook up it's it's not like as explicit as some books but like I feel like it's still there enough that it's not a zero maybe like 0.5 yeah like it's so minimal it is so minimal but it's like I don't know I don't want like an 11 year old picking up this book you know fair oh I guess there are also some trigger warnings (laughs) for this book um definitely substance abuse you know it's a rock band in the 70s pretty anticipated um including alcoholism um and then yeah if you are nervous or curious maybe just look up the triggers because as you know this podcast is not well researched so (laughs) um did you cry at all no me either not even like a like I was sad but no part of me like wanted to or felt like I would at any point so this I would give this a zero which is another weird thing because usually a lot of my like books that I really really love will make me cry at least a little bit so it's weird for me that like a book that hasn't made me cry is so good for me Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's All right. Your, what was your what oh. was your overall rating? Honestly, I think it's going to be a ten. Really? Yeah, dude. I fucking loved this book. I read it in like three days. <laughs> I'd give it a nine. Fair. It wasn't a perfect ten for me. Uh. I feel like at times I was a bit bored where I was like, okay, I need something to happen now. 
um, and you could anticipate a lot of what was going to happen, I feel like. True. However, it it's very well written. Yeah. I, and I feel like I now know what it's like to be a rock star after okay. reading this book. Like the good and the terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel like ev- the thing is, is like, I feel like even though a lot of the things were like, a little bit predictable I didn't like hate it because it it was like in like all of the characters were really true to themselves and like I don't know I thought I thought the characters were all like super fucking interesting um yeah no I I loved the story I loved this book I really love this book I think it's going to be a 10 for me All right. Well, I am very ready to get into the spoilers. You read like the author's note at the beginning, right? Yeah. See, that confused me because then I thought that Daisy Jones and the Six was like actually a real band. So I like looked them up on Spotify and then I found out that they weren't a real band because it says author's note. So I assumed that meant from Taylor Jenkins Reid. I also did, which is confusing. However, you get to the end and I think it like kind of makes sense at the end where you're like oh yeah you mean the author of this like interview thing yeah yeah no no I read I read the author's note too and I was like oh this is a real band interesting and it's not (laughs) you know I was very confused um I one of the reasons why I love Taylor Jenkins Reid so much is because she is just like so feminist in her writing and all of her like main female characters are also like really feminist but all in their own different ways you know what I mean like all of her female characters are all like really strong in what they want but they're all very different like from each other and like yeah I I I agree I really liked I wouldn't say I really liked Daisy. That's the wrong term. But I feel like I liked aspects of Daisy. Mm-hmm. Like the really feminist parts of her. And Karen too. Was- Karen too. Karen was a badass. Karen, I think I liked. Like I did like Karen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Karen Karen. That's so funny. Um, Reading this book about like forming a band and becoming successful and all that stuff unfortunately (laughs) made me think about a time in our life where (laughs) um redacted or whatever the fuck it is no (laughs) actually (laughs) redacted just we can leave it at that um it made me think about a time in our life that I can never, never escape mentally. And we can Nate leave it at bag. We ruined such a good song. Ugh. I guess, okay, the Cliff Notes version is, there was a time in our lives, probably when we were too old to be doing this, um, we wanted to also be rock stars obviously as you do at a young age um and one of the auditions that we did was with us 
the incredible song Teenage Dirtbag. However, we ruined it for ourselves. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get into the details. No, but genuinely, that's what I was thinking about as I was reading this book. And I was like, how has this terrible memory intruded itself <laughs> to like every aspect of my life? It's so unfortunate because it is really such a good fucking song. And it's like, it's popular. Everyone loves it. However, I just, I can't, I can't listen to it anymore. Makes me gently sweaty when I hear it. It makes me aggressively sweat when I hear it. Like there's no, like there's a physical reaction. Anyways, um, one of the things that was like foreshadowing, I think, maybe we were talking about the same thing in the spoiler free part um one of the things that i did anticipate was karen getting an abortion later in the book because early on in the book i think it's page it's page 60 she says um camilla wanted kids me i always knew kids weren't in the cards for me i think it's a feeling you get i think you just have it in your heart or you don't and i was like ooh, something's gonna happen in the future with that I, I kind of anticipated it, but I didn't hate it when it happened. I thought it was good. I'm sorry. I I fully stopped listening. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I'm listening now. Active listening. Engaged. <laughs> um, one of the things that I anticipated in this book was Camilla, not Camilla, was Karen getting an abortion. Um, because early on in the book, Karen says... Camilla wanted kids. Me, I always knew kids weren't in the cards for me. I think it's a feeling you get. I think you have it in your heart or you don't. That's also one of my favorite quotes, but that was when I kind of like anticipated. I was like, oh, there's going to be something with kids and Karen in the future. I did not think of that. Also, I feel like this book, kind of like Alone with You in the Ether, I feel like it's another really quotable book. It is. Because I have a lot of notes where I'm like flipping through and I'm like, do I really want to like talk about it? Or is this just something that I was like, oh, maybe this is my favorite quote. Oh, maybe this is my favorite quote. Oh, maybe this is my favorite quote. Quote. It was one of those books. Um. What were your thoughts in general on like Billy and Camilla's relationship? I feel like Billy was self-aware enough to realize that Camilla was too good for him. Mm -hmm. And I fully agree with that statement. Um, Even like in the like earlier times, I feel like what Camilla put up with for like Billy just like aggressively cheating on her when he was on tour mm-hmm. is so unfair. I agree, especially when she was pregnant at this point. Yeah. But then, and- like, you do understand that, like, obviously, Billy had a terrible, terrible time with dr- not drugs. Well, yeah, drugs mainly alcohol I feel like mainly alcohol but definitely drugs the alcohol I think kind of like led to the drugs yeah so like he because like he did heroin like yeah he didn't have a drug problem he did heroin (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's not something that you just do casually. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, he he had a lot of he had a lot of issues within when it within himself as well. But no, I feel like he wasn't fair to Camilla at all Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like I didn't love Billy through most of this book because I was like frustrated with his interview if that made any sense like obviously it made sense at like the end of the book when you realize that the person who's interviewing him is his daughter. But like the whole book, I was like, why is he not just being like straightforward and just like owning up to his bullshit? Because like he was just, I just really didn't like his perspective because he, it, you could tell he was like Holding dancing back. around a yeah. lot of topics. And I was like, okay, Billy, like we know you don't want like the bad press and whatever, but like just fucking. Like, you don't have to dance around topics the way that you're doing. Like, and then at the end of the book, I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. Like, yeah, why Billy? Of, like, plot twists that I do not see coming. When we find out that the narrator slash author of this interview book thing is Julia, Camilla and Billy's daughter. I audibly gasped. Same. I like, oh, no. I know. Same. I did not anticipate it. I was like, oh my God. Because I just like assumed that it was just like the band, whatever. It, it does make so much more sense though, understanding like the way Billy is throughout the book. Being yeah. like, oh, his daughter is asking questions. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be like, hey, daughter, I was doing heroin and (laughs) cheating on your mother cheating on your mother for the first I didn't see you when you were born because I was being shit like I get it 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 makes sense now but like one of my favorite quotes from Billy was early on in the book as well and it um he said because he was talking about like his addictions and his like terrible terrible bad self um and he said you're never not yourself you're always you it's just sometimes who you are who you are is a shitty person and I was like I also made a note of that one I love that I loved that I feel like that's such a self-aware way to put it Mm -hmm. because when people are like yeah I wasn't myself it's like taking a step away from like your actions Mm -hmm. but Billy Billy knows yeah and I so I do appreciate that about him that he was like aware that his actions were not good Mm -hmm. and he knows that it's like you can't just make an excuse about something like that like you can't just be like oh I wasn't myself like he's like no I was like I was somewhat aware of what I was doing it's just I was being shitty because I was afraid. Yeah. Like, yeah, I liked Billy's like self-awareness. Um, and I did really like as much as I didn't like their relationship dynamic 100% of the time, I did really like Camilla. I liked the way that they cared for each other like beyond 
I don't even know how to put this, but like beyond just like a surface level of like, mm. oh, if you cheat on me, you don't love me. It's over. It was like a to the core. They were meant for each other. So like the little things just didn't matter to them, mm-hmm. which like I guess cheating really isn't a little thing. But like even to that extent, they could get over it because they're like, no, it's you like it's a choice. Yeah. Mm hmm. I agree. That, that is a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I have a quote from Camilla kind of about that. Um, she says, I think you have to have faith in people before they earn it. Otherwise, it's not faith. And I was like, I kind of agree with that a little bit. I feel like I'm a little more pessimistic than Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I After reading like Camilla's point of view for this whole book, and I was like, am I just mean? <laughs> like, everything she does I would not do to the like you know when basically Daisy and Billy in love with each other that's like it kind of leads up to that and when Camilla talks to Daisy because Daisy is crying because Billy doesn't love her back and is like yeah like he loves you too don't worry and like kind of comforting her that her own husband is in love with you. I do not think that I am a strong enough person that I would be like, oh, you're sad that my husband loves me instead of you. Let me take care of you. I wouldn't do it. I think I could, depending. I feel like if I, because like obviously Camilla was confident in Billy loving her and like choosing her because like he'd been doing it for so long at this point I've never had that so I feel like if I was actually confident that like the person would choose me I feel like I would be able to be like hey honey move on like yeah like I would tell them to move on but I wouldn't be like don't worry he loves you too it's you're also like I get that you guys are in love with each other that's fine no I would not I would not ever say that to someone I'd be like excuse me (laughs) like this is my husband (laughs) please stop that yeah I also feel like I just kind of don't have respect for people who go after people who are in relationships like in general like I mean granted this is like a very you know coming from the 2022 lens as opposed to the 1970s um but it's just like I feel like most girls now are like very team girl and it's like oh I'm kind of into this guy oh he has a girlfriend okay then I'm just gonna like not and I'm gonna find a new guy to have a crush on you know what I mean like yeah both both Billy and Daisy were a bit a bit toxic (laughs) yeah they weren't great um However, Daisy actually sucked. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't love Daisy. I found I'm her like happy a for her that she like I said I'm happy for her at the end when she like realizes she has a problem, she needs rehab, she's been destructive. She's like self-aware that she was destructive throughout all these years, but like when she told the interviewer of the Rolling Stones Billy's like problems with his family and 
history of like drug and alcohol abuse and then was somehow mad at Billy because he told the interviewer that they didn't like each other. So they would print that again. She was like, yeah, I wouldn't apologize because he did something bad too. And I was like, how dare you turn that around on Billy? Yeah. I feel like he could have said anything at that point to like cover the other story. And I'd be like, that's fine. I don't know. I feel like there are parts of Daisy where I do like her. I like her when I like her a lot when she's sober, like, and when she has these moments of self-awareness and like, I feel like she's a very interesting and a very complex character. Um, It's her actions that I have a problem with. Yeah, I think it's like the other band members in this book are, I think, clear on what's wrong with Daisy, where it's like uh, people that have never had to work for anything don't know how to work for anything. And that's Daisy Jones. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And it's like, you know, she's super, super beautiful. So she's like never really struggled in like not to say she hasn't struggled in the romance department but she's never really struggled to like get a guy maybe not in a romantic way but then when Billy does not like fall in love with her immediately because of how like beautiful she is I think she takes it poorly like even more so than like and then it gets worse when she kind of realizes that she's actually like romantically attracted to him not just like whatever also I just want to talk about, do you, because he wasn't a big character, but fucking Hank. Hank sucked. I was furious. Disgusting. I, mm, when Billy was like, turn around. Yeah, Billy's hot. (laughs) You know who I picture when I picture Billy a little bit? Who? A little bit, not like as much of a pretty boy, but um, oh, ironically enough, I didn't even put this together, but they have the same name. Billy from Stranger Things. <laughs> like a Accurate. mullet, demino, denim on denim, but I imagine Billy from the book a little more ugly. Like a little more rough around the edges, because like yeah, Billy like from Stranger Things is just like hot. But, um, I forget where I was going with this, but correct. Uh, <laughs> oh, we were talking about Hank. Oh, yeah. I I felt so bad for Daisy. That's just fucking shitty, dude. She got, she got sucked into this world at a very young age. So I feel like she didn't have time to mature, really. And, like if you don't have any adults that care about you as like a person mm-hmm. from a young age, because her parents don't care about her at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, However, I think the only person who really cared about her, like for who she was, was Simone. Like, I feel I like that loved Simone. Simone is a bad bitch in the best way possible. She, she was wonderful. I love Simone. When she went to Italy to get Daisy and was like, get your things, we are leaving. I was like, ma'am, I love you. Especially because she all, like, I think she's like the same age as Daisy. So like she got into the industry at like roughly the same age, but she just has such a good head on her shoulders. Like she was so fucking cool. And like, 
I remember Simone saying early on in the book, I didn't mark it, but um, how she was like, I was trying so hard to make it in the industry and Daisy was just like so effortlessly good at the things that I wanted to be good at and she wasn't putting in the work. And it's like, she says like, I wanted to hate her for it, but I just like admired her for her like talent. And I was like, Simone, you're just such a good human being. I also feel like Simone is kind of like, we are both Simone with each other. Like whenever you're doing something stupid, I'm like, Katrina you're being stupid or you're being a bitch and like you're the same with me yeah I feel like that the grade six moment for you was my favorite one and then my second favorite one is that time you called me (laughs) after you can cut this if you want to it's like the second this I think maybe the second time you got back together with Lee and then he broke up with you again but you'd never told me you got back together with him because I already hated him and then he called me because you were sad and then he broke up with you and you're like I know you're gonna be mean to me but I think I need that (laughs) I was like true I was I don't think I was very nice to you no you weren't you were very honest (laughs) But I think that's like, I think, I swear to God, Daisy says this somewhere in the book, we might just not be there yet. But she says, like, you need a friend who's just going to tell it to you like it is like, they're not going to sugarcoat anything. They're not going to comfort you. Like, they'll comfort you when it's warranted. But But like, you you need someone to call you out sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in because it's funny. Also, who cares? It's been like what? Yeah, I do remember that. That was that was funny though, because I was it was like during my finals. I think I was studying, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, by the way, so I got back together with Lee. Was this? <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible time. Anyways, wild times. Um. Anyways, bank to Hank, bank to Hank, back to Hank. Is been one hell of a tangent but I do have a quote that I've been trying to say for like the past 10 minutes (laughs) but when Daisy like first remembers that she tries to break up with Hank and she's like we should talk about what I said last night and he said you didn't say anything last night and she says I told you I didn't want to be with you and he just shrugged and said yeah but you say that all the time when you're falling asleep and then her internal monologue is I had no idea and I was like yeah, that's such a sad moment for Daisy. I would curb stomp Hank if I had the chance. He's a fictional yeah. character, so I won't. However, what a slime ball. Yeah, I know we say, like we said that this wasn't like a sad book, like no tears, but there are a lot of like gut-wrenching parts to this book where you're like, mm-hmm. oh. No. It's like a little like dark at times. Like I wouldn't It is a very dark book. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> also, you, you know how like Billy is <laughs> there's one part, I think it's like halfway through the book. He's talking about when him and Graham were kids. And then he saw him like sitting at the edge of the pool before he could swim and was like, I could just push him. <laughs> And, like, that thought freaked him out. I was like, Billy, those are just intrusive thoughts. You're fine. We all have those. I know. I was like, if I saw you sitting on the edge of the pool, 
I would push you. 100%. Immediately. Immediately. I feel like that's the regular thought process of like. Especially with siblings. And like, I'm an only child, but I have you. Um, so it's like, I don't know, dude. I just feel like. That's what siblings fucking do. Also, it's really funny. You know, like, um, it was like fucking teenage YouTubers that I'm obsessed with. The teen, the uh, Starniolio triplets or whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really funny because sometimes they fight because they're siblings and some people are just like oh my god guys stop fighting don't be mean to each other we love you guys and I'm like they spend so much time with each other like I feel like that's just a part of spending multiple hours of every single day with someone like you're gonna fight you're gonna get in arguments you're gonna push each other you're gonna like smack each other (laughs) once in a while young siblings absolutely yeah it's just are you like, telling me you've never fought with your sibling lies i bet it's just a bunch of only children who also don't have childhood best friends i feel like i would be like that if it wasn't for you that's true <laughs> you know when we spend too much time we start bickering <laughs> also what are your thoughts on because like we've talked about like daisy and billy um camilla and billy what are your thoughts on um, Karen and Graham? Okay, I was so excited for that to happen. I, I thought know. it was so cute. You could tell Graham was in love with Karen the whole time. So you're just kind of rooting for them. Um, Graham did ruin that for himself. He really did. On because yeah. I liked him as a character early on. And then later on, I was like, wow. You know, like the moment where Karen kind of like decided to, you know, do the dirty with Graham and like kind of like let him in and like see where things go. I was so excited. And especially like there's a part where Graham says he's like, I have never run anywhere faster than down that hall to her room. She just goes, three seconds later, that's not an exaggeration. There was a knock on my door. And I was like, oh, it's so cute. I think that's the best part of like this interview format of a book is hearing the exact same scenario from all the different band members' perspectives. Yeah. And being like, clearly, like it's not... It's not one version. It's not the other version. But I think they say that in the book, too. Like, the truth lies somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Like, what everyone's saying. But, yeah, I think it's so funny when they're like, yeah, I ran down that hall. He was <laughs> at my door. <laughs> he was at my door so fast. Um, when did you think that Billy and Billy was kind of into Daisy? Because I, I kind of thought it very early on in the book. Literally so early on. Yeah, I, I feel like almost immediately. Yeah, there's like a point. I think it's when Daisy kind of comes on on stage with them. I don't know how that happened, but I remember like they they pulled Daisy on stage. I guess it was probably after they recorded Honeycomb or some shit. Um, and like there's just Karen because Karen is cool and Karen is smart. And all she says is Billy was staring at her. And I was like, oh, Karen Aww. sees everything. Karen is the best. Um, 
Also, another thing that I love about Simone, maybe I just relate to Simone a lot. Um, there's a, a quote from her and it was like when Daisy was like really strung out on drugs and had like called Simone for something and Simone just says it was the middle of the night I'd been sleeping I had my hair wrapped my sleep mask on I wasn't going anywhere and I was like yeah same same like unless you're actually in a dire emergency you can't as soon as I'm ready for bed that's it I'm not going out phone on silent yeah at night so like I think about that sometimes <laughs> like if there actually was an emergency I would not be helpful but then again if there's a real emergency why are you calling me call the emergency line I am not a professional <laughs> <laughs> literally I did feel bad for like the rest of the band though yeah I feel like that is a common thing that like Billy does say it a lot he's like it's a common thing among bands that like the lead singer tends to be like like have the most sway and I feel like that is a very common thing like it's so rare like I don't know I watched um I forget what the movie was actually called but like the queen movie and it's like that was a problem with queen (laughs) where like Freddie Mercury was absolutely I thought you were talking about the queen of England (laughs) I was like no way this happens in a movie about the royal family (laughs) no queen the band (laughs) got it um yeah like Freddie Mercury was a front runner and he was like the star and like he had a lot of sway with a lot of things and like there's a scene in the movie where they like have an argument about it and then they like literally exactly what happens in the book where like they kind of talk about it and then um they decide to like start splitting things more equally and it's like I however I don't really feel bad for Eddie Mm, I didn't like Eddie I didn't love him I didn't hate him but like I didn't love him like I got it like I got how he was feeling and sometimes when they just like Daisy was joining the band. No one asked him. It's like, what? I just, I just, I, I feel like that's life. I feel like. I feel like he complained to complain sometimes mm-hmm. rather than complaining for a purpose. Yeah. Like, and I, I feel don't like, like that in an individual. Mm-hmm. I feel like characters like Karen and Warren and like Graham, they were all like. Like, they picked their moments when they complained, but, like, they knew that, like, Billy was the lead singer and, like, Karen was the keyboardist. So, like, she wouldn't, like, really fight unless she was, like, no, like, this is something that, like, I really, really want. And if it was something that she just, like, kind of sort of wanted, then she would be, like, okay, I can let this one go. You know what I mean? Where Eddie just, like, couldn't let anything go. Yeah. <laughs> Vaguely speaking of fighting, um, you know how... Where are you going with this? Nicolo, uh, Daisy's husband. Oh, yeah. When uh, Warren was like, yeah, like there's a code for guys when they fight. No biting. No kicking. And then they were like, Nicolo would have bitten. You could just see it. Yeah. I was like, 
And then I was thinking, if someone tried to physically fight me, I don't think I have a code. That's like, if true, you start it, I'm not going to, like, not kick you. What do you mean? Yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> I agree. I thought um, it was funny, though. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely more common for men to get in like fist fights especially like back then yeah but no overall nicola also sucked yeah dude um also i will say that like one thing that i really loved was when daisy and billy fucking finally started to work together and like they did keep it professional for like a good portion and i feel like that's when i liked it the most before like the romance kind of got involved because it yeah, was just we, like we knew it was coming though we knew it was coming yeah but it was just like they were very good together like yeah talent wise mm-hmm. i don't think they do you think that daisy and billy would have been a good couple i guess that's like a no yeah no i think they would have been destructive together i think daisy probably would have gotten him to relapse whether it be intentionally or not however another thing that I do respect about Daisy is the fact that like there was a moment where like Simone offered Billy a drink and Daisy was just like no like Daisy cut in and was like absolutely not and like yeah also I fucking love Warren's just throughout the whole book I love Warren like all of his opinions all of his statements everything he says 10 out of 10 he's fun he's so fun and there's like this one part where he's like being proud that you predicted eddie would leave the band is like saying i predicted the sun would come out today the day before a nuclear disaster yeah man great guess but you didn't exactly notice that the world was ending (laughs) (laughs) like he's so funny and like so unproblematic we love an unproblematic character I feel like me, I have a hard time when books are set in a different time. So like this book is in the 70s. So I understand that Graham's reaction to Karen not wanting to keep their child might have been more accepted in the 70s. Mm-hmm. It was probably a lot more common. He says with a question mark. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like... I mean, I guess this is very topical, like with everything that's going on in the States right now. Um, But it's like, I feel like even now the concept of abortion is so stigmatized that like, I can only imagine that it was even worse in the seventies. Yeah. I, so like, I feel like I have a hard time on like putting myself in that situation where like Karen's almost forgiving of Graham. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I read this from, like, my own perspective. And if the first thing out of Graham's mouth is not, it's up to you, it's your body, your choice, I'd be like, immediately, no, goodbye forever. I do not care about you. Yeah, 100%. Like, I just feel like, but that's, like, an us thing. Like, when you look at it from, like, a bigger picture, like, we are 50 years after this book took place roughly. And we still have the same problem. Math, and we are still having the same problem. And like, not even just like 
when it comes to like people personally, like when it comes to our fucking laws, obviously not us, we're in Canada. So it hasn't really happened to us yet because we do tend to follow in the States' footsteps sometimes. But like, I don't know. I, I like, I read this and I was like, yeah, Roe v. Wade, fucking listen to Karen, <laughs> read this book to all of the people who like you know because it's like I think there's also a point where she says like just because I didn't like necessarily want a kid didn't make the decision easy for me because like it's a heavy decision no matter what you decide but it's just like she does say in the book she's like I have no regrets like kids were never yeah, in the picture it for also me. like it is a decision that you make on your own and the funniest thing is I always see like these little clips of like people getting interviewed like pro-life individuals and they're pro-choice they just don't know what it means yeah and I'm like how are you so stupid that you agree with me <laughs> and Literally. you don't even know it and it like it's infuriating that like these people can have a say on people's bodily autonomy that like are too dumb to understand that they actually believe that women should have a choice yeah and it's like for me I just like I see all of these things on social media especially because Roe v Wade was just overturned and it's like a lot of people who are like pro choice and like even sometimes people who are like pro-life and they just don't know that they're pro-choice like you said um are like oh I can understand getting an abortion if like um the women the woman will like die carrying this baby or if the woman like can't support the baby or if there's like like they give a list of like reasons but for me I just think that a woman should be allowed to not want kids without it being illegal like I just think that should I just think that that should be a part of the choice it shouldn't necessarily boil down to like a woman's health or a woman's financial stability like what happens if absolutely not like you're allowed to just not want kids many men are allowed to just not want kids and it's like the difference is is like if a woman doesn't want kids she's penalized for it or it's like if a man just doesn't want kids they don't have to take responsibility for whether or not they get a woman pregnant it's the woman who takes all the responsibility and then has to like take on the weight of this decision and then if they choose to keep the baby they have to take the responsibility of raising a child where like the men do- the man doesn't necessarily have to with the exception of financial support but like yeah. level of work that it takes to raise a child for 18 plus years are you kidding <laughs> it, it's a lifetime commitment yeah I don't know so I I really appreciate again Taylor Jenkins Reid huge feminist like background yeah. in all of her books well I mean like the two that we've read um so like I loved Karen's perspective so much and like when Camilla was with Karen and again Another shitty thing about Graham, but again, I I think it was partly because of, like, the time period that it's from, like, the fact that Camilla took Karen to get the procedure as opposed to Graham, 
because Graham didn't support her. Um, Because he was like, I want the kids, so it's my choice. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, Graham. (laughs) Come again. Um, I was such a fan and you ruined it. Literally. Character development in the bad way. Um, Yeah, there was still character development, though. Yeah. But Camilla says, and this is like the part where I really... I th- it was really late in the book. It was like page 302. But this is where I really, really, really fucking loved Camilla's character. Because she was like crying when Karen was getting the abortion. And she says, a part of me wishes that you want ki- that you wanted kids because my kids make me so happy. But I think in order for you to be happy, like I'm happy, you need different things. And I want you to have whatever those things are. And I was like, fuck yeah, Camilla. Like, just because you want kids doesn't mean that every other woman on the planet needs to want kids to be as fulfilled as you are. And I feel like that is a misconception where like a lot of people like think that just because they want kids, that means that like every other person on the planet should want kids just because they're fulfilled by having kids. Yeah. Be a very topical episode. Topical episode. It is a hill I will fight to the death and die on that women have a choice yeah. in their own bodies, which I can't, for the life of me, I can't understand why people are like, no. What? Patriarchy. I, this is my opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. This as is long my as you opinion. <laughs> you know that. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of a very serious topic. But... That's what we do on the podcast, honestly. I do feel like as much as it sucks and as heavy as it is and like as real as it is, I just feel like it's important to try to be as positive as you possibly fucking can. And like, obviously we live in Canada, so like we don't know directly what it feels like, but like, obviously we will continue to fight for you as your neighbors. We will welcome you to our country with open arms if you want to leave that fucking terrible system where your rights are getting ripped from you. Like, 100% solidarity to the women in the United States who are experiencing this because it's not just abortions. It's just, like, reproductive health in general that is yeah it's outrageous that it's even a conversation it shouldn't be it's 2022 like this was a conversation in the 70s as we read in this book should not be a conversation today so we are moving back in time apparently Um, time travel is real (laughs) love that for us just kidding again making a joke of a very serious topic i apologize but it's how I cope. I'm Chandler Bing. <laughs> um, also, another really weird thing. We're going to just completely get back into the book and I don't know how to segue. Um, but there was one part where like Billy and Daisy hug and uh, it was Rod who was like, I could have sworn Billy smelled Daisy's hair at one point. And I was like, it's getting weird. It's getting a little too intimate. Can we also appreciate when Billy was in the bar 
after like he'd already went to rehab he was struggling with his like need for alcohol and all that when he went to the bar had a sip of tequila and put it down that that fan proud that that fan is an honorable mention for favorite character because he like saw and he just like helped you know like he wasn't and then he ended up paying for billy's bill just so that like he could get him out of the bar because he could like tell fucking great human being yeah i i love that i was so proud of billy Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely the biggest plot twist of this book is when you find out that julia is telling the story It was, yeah, I, I remember reading that part and I was like, oh, no way. And then it, like, every single thing just kind of made sense. Like, I like that they did like a where you are now at the end. mm -hmm. It is very sad though, because Billy has his daughters and Camilla is passed on at this point. Mm -hmm. Um. And like everyone else is just kind of doing their own thing. Karen got to be the rock star she always wanted. Graham also got his future that he always wanted. Hot sauce. Hot sauce? Oh, (laughs) Graham. (laughs) Confused me for a second. I thought you were talking about like the marriage was hot sauce. Oh, no, no. (laughs) That was like, is that like slang for something that I (laughs) don't know? Ah, I found the quote about Simone and Daisy, and it's, you have to have one person in your life that you know would never do anything to steer you wrong. They may disagree with you. They could even break your heart from time to time, but you have to have one person at least who you know will always tell you the truth. 100%. Even when you don't want to hear it. 100%. And I rarely do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am sensitive, so I don't want to hear negative feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I was not expecting at all? The end of the book, all the songs written out. That surprised that. me. I loved that. I did like... um. I really didn't like Daisy for like the majority of the book, but I did like her kind of redemption to more towards the end. Like there's one point where she says, if a friend lied to me the way I lied to myself, I'd say you're a shitty friend. And I feel like yeah. that was like a really big moment for her where she was like, oh, I need to get clean. I need to figure my shit out because whatever I'm doing is not working. I think a really important quote for me that like really fully sums up the way I hated Billy's um kind of perception of things is a quote that I put um where he asked Daisy to like sing honeycomb at one of the shows and this is like towards the end of the book and um he said I either knew I was losing her or I didn't and I either knew I loved her or I didn't and I either appreciated her for all she was in that moment or maybe I didn't and I was like can you just (laughs) 
decide and then give us an answer Billy (laughs) and then I realized it's because he was talking to her daughter but like for me that's the quote that really summed up how annoying Billy was throughout this entire book what did you think about like this is just kind of like the final point I guess of the book what did you think about the band breaking up I mean I think we all saw it coming even even you and me (laughs) yeah foreshadowing was there um I feel like they needed to like it wasn't working they weren't having fun Mm -hmm. and yeah like Billy was not going to hang on doing tours Daisy was also not going to hang on doing tours Graham and Karen were literally not speaking to each other Eddie was Eddie (laughs) Warren was Warren (laughs) yeah I I feel like it needs that it made sense that it happened in the story so I wasn't surprised at all yeah I also did kind of appreciate that like everyone was on the same page I feel like it wasn't like one person was really holding on to the band and like trying to keep them together like everyone was like somewhat on the same page just like in different ways like they all wanted to break up but just for different reasons which I kind of liked because it wasn't like forced it was just like everyone was it was like Daisy left the band and then Billy was like I need to spend time with my family and then like everyone was just kind of like okay cool I don't really want to be here anymore either okay cool okay cool okay cool let's just go our separate ways (laughs) um do you have a favorite character Simone nice she was she had a wonderful work ethic she was so good to Daisy. She was just a beautiful person. Yeah. Yeah. She deserved the success she got. And she was so happy for her kid too, who's like successful in like the where you are now thing. And I just, oh, I love Simone. I love Simone. problematic, beautiful character for me. Yeah. I would have to agree, but like also Warren. <laughs> Like, Simone is, like, my favorite character, but Warren is just, like, again, unproblematic. Like, he's just there for the vibes and also the drugs, obviously. (laughs) And, like... (laughs) He's having a good time. He's like, all right, we're done now. (laughs) He's like, everyone else has their panties in a twist, but, like, I'm just chilling. I'm just here to play my drums and (laughs) do what I do. And then, like, I also love Karen. That was probably my top three. You have a favorite quote? Um, you know maybe uh, I do it's from uh Karen it's like very early on in the book men often think they deserve a sticker for treating people or women like people I I also I had that one but it's not quite my favorite I feel like this I don't know how many quotes you have but this might be another one where at the end of our book talk next episode we also just like talk about more of our favorite quotes because I have a lot. I don't um, think I have that many. You don't? Mm. No, not that we haven't already discussed. Oh, well, okay. Whatever. Um, maybe it'll just be a me thing. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Graham and again it's like halfway through the book almost um 
page 142 and he says if you redeem yourself then believe in your own redemption and he was kind of talking about like billy's bad things and how he like has struggled with self-doubt like all of his life and i feel like that's such a good quote because like if you have the strength to redeem yourself then like believe in it like i don't know it was just really profound for me all right damn well that was a long one yes it was (laughs) topical um great book Slightly heavy topics. Um, what, do, what do you call war? Whimsical. Whimsical, yeah. <laughs> also, this book is going to be turned into a Netflix series, um, which I am very fucking excited for. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see how this translates to the screen. I think it's going to be so cool. I think it's going to be fucking good. I'm excited. Taylor Jenkins Reid mm, is. Is she working with like the producers of the television show or did they just take it? That's a good question. I have no idea. Because, <laughs> you know, when they do that and it goes wrong and you're like, why? It's true. I will say, though, kind of similar to like our last episode. Taylor Jenkins Reid is also like swiftly becoming one of my favorite authors, similar to Olivia Blake. Like I would consider them in like the same tier right now. Like I, I really like both of them. And yeah. Yeah. And Taylor Jenkins Reid actually has like a lot of books out. So (laughs) yet more to add onto this never-ending list of things I need to read. Yep. (laughs) You need to stop finding good authors. Never enough time. Never enough time, but... Especially when I keep rereading (laughs) Akatar. Part of it's a me problem. A lot of the issues I face, part of it's a me problem. hundred percent anyways um as always if you want to follow us on social media our instagram and twitter are book bevies um and we have a gmail which is bookbevies at gmail.com for any longer inquiries feel free to reach out and talk about the books with us and as always don't forget to rate review and subscribe Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.